0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world
1: title back to Ireland. It is four short weeks until the Cove 10-mile road race, formerly the Great Island Road Race. This thing is a fixture in the Irish running calendar and I know a whole load of you are heading down to take part and just cheer on the runners. The race is of course a bit of fun, But it's also a huge fundraiser for the Breakthrough Cancer Research and the further development of Ballymore Cove Athletic Club's juvenile facilities and, of course, Ireland's future athletes. Well, this week, we start our countdown to Cove with this mini-series of podcasts designed to help you get ready for the big day or whatever day you're preparing for, whatever your target might be. Today, we're looking at the all-important do's and don'ts of your weekly long run. You're listening to the Irish Irishman running abroad with me, Jardeth Regan. And for only the second time ever in person, it's Sonia O'Sullivan. Sonia, thank you so much for welcoming us into your beautiful home here in London.
0: You're very welcome. It's uh, great to have you here and to show you all the, you know, the great running routes around here and why we are here.
1: We're, we're just back. We're literally just in the door from our run around Bushy Park. The yeah, you know, we've talked about it so many times on the show. It was so strange to be there and see it It was a lovely, lo- lovely long run. But you did tell me going out, we we'll go out for an easy, an easy one. And straight away you were like, why is your, fo- why is your watch talking to you? <laughs> and I always have my watch saying time. Five minutes and 18 seconds. And you were like, that would melt my brain. Turn that thing off. Well, you didn't tell me to turn it off. I volunteered.
0: <laughs> After I told you about three times, it was like, <laughs> why why you shouldn't have it on? <laughs> and you're like, she's just going to complain about this. Watch the whole run here if I, don't, yeah. if I don't turn it off. But it's a bit like um, when you have the sat-nav on in your car mm. and, you know, you want it for a bit of guidance, but then eventually the woman, she just melts your head. (laughs) And you think, shut up. (laughs) I didn't need to
1: know to stop there. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) But you made a really
1: good point, though, that (laughs) I was denying myself the feeling of just going on a long run and being in the run by always having the what do they call audio cues on, I was missing out on that. And let's be honest. You had done that at one point in your career. You told me on the run that you'd had that experience of forgetting to just go out and enjoy your long run.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have to remind yourself, you know, why do you go for a run? And it's not all about the time and the distance and just the kind of, I suppose, just the kind of the numbers, you know, Mm. sometimes you have to forget the numbers and go with the feeling and how you feel and you know, just things like going for an easy run. Well, what's an easy run? Well, it's what feels easy and what's comfortable and you kind of warm up into the run. And yeah. You eventually get going and you feel pretty good.
1: Yeah. I'd Like from episode one of our chats, you've talked to me about switching off. And actually that kind of being the goal was to as m- much as you can turn the conscious mind off and let yourself just float or flow along with where you're going to. And each time your man says previous kilometer in, uh, (laughs) I'm getting pulled out of that potentially lovely, blissful moment that we're all chasing at the end of the day.
0: It just kind of like it interrupts your flow. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, was that too fast or too slow? Yeah. And you're adjusting because someone's telling you to do it. You don't need to do that all the time.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, I
0: think if you're doing a session and you're trying to go at a certain pace. Yes, then, then it's, it's useful. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's useful then. But um, yeah, even then there, just too much to me there's too much words there going on, you know. I like you have a quick glance at your watch and you can see the pace and Yeah. It's just like a, a quick reference point.
1: Well, we're going to get back into that uh, later on as we discuss what was an easy run for you, which towards the end of the run, I turned to you and said, you lied to me. <laughs> this isn't easy at all. But, you know, wouldn't have been a run with Sonia Sullivan if I didn't at some point think I was out of my depth. It was great fun. And we did it. But I, I have to say we kicked off on a good point here in terms of the watch leading you astray, because We had a bit of a breakthrough this week before uh, we get stuck into everything else and talking about long runs and preparations for Cove on April 3rd. The breakthrough took place uh, just when you thought breaking 20 was over. I snuck down to the St Albans Striders running track in uh, St Albans, my town here, and I did it. (laughs) 1950 was the time. And I know it's an arbitrary time and it's a benchmark that I made up with Sonia, but it felt pretty great to do it after eight weeks of work with all the stumbling blocks along the way of illness and antibiotics just to get the job done at last felt great. But the weirdest part about it was the GPS completely messed up on the night. It wasn't completely calibrated properly until I got home the next morning and told me you've done it. I mean, you talk about your Donovan Brazier roller coaster of emotion. (laughs) I did walk off the track that night going, well, I gave it everything. And apparently I can't break 20. But uh, you told me again out in this long run that, you know, that's another example of these watches getting in the way of you doing your best.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the funniest thing ever that you were running around the track with the watch telling you what you're. I mean, imagine if someone was beside you and listening to this and uh, like, you know, two and a bit laps of the track, it's saying your kilometer is four minutes and one second your previous kilometer. But you haven't even got to a kilometer because (laughs) we all know that a kilometer on the track is two and a half laps. Yeah. So, you know, to even be paying attention to the GPS while running on the track, it doesn't really make sense. No. And I suppose we didn't ever discuss this because when you suggested to me you were going to do the 5k and was it a good idea or not and I said well you know you could go down there but let's just do it quietly Mm. so we didn't really talk too much about it because we didn't want to put too much pressure on and the expectation and you kind of figure well you're obviously fit enough to do it because you were close enough on the weekend so you know with a couple of easy days then you're not going to be any less fit on Tuesday night. Yeah, that was and what you said um, to me,
1: which is, in a weird way <laughs> was kind of damning with faint praise. You're not going <laughs> to get any fit, any less fit you're by get, Tuesday.
0: You're not going to get fitter by doing anything. So, yeah, give it a lash yeah. and maybe the weather will be good. But I saw a picture and it was a bit of rain and everything there, wasn't there? it? It was. It, it wasn't ideal. <laughs> I'll
1: be honest with you, it was milling and rain. The track was slippery as hell. Uh, but more, more than anything, the club were incredible, joining St Albans Striders and having that atmosphere of people who just were like, don't really know you, but are like, I hope you do it. You know, just that positivity of we're all down here doing time trials to see if we can run to the best of our ability. So I had a quick chat with one person down there, Andy Normile, who has been probably just like the most open arms of welcoming you could ask for at a running club. So we'll hear what Andy said afterwards. This is directly afterwards where I thought I hadn't done it and I'd missed it by 45 seconds. I'm here at uh, the St Albans running track uh, with Andy Normal, of St Albans Striders and Andy you've been an unbelievable welcome to me at this club I have to say. Uh, tonight was obviously the night I tried to break 20 down here. And yourself Tina and Mike you were the only ones cheering me on uh, but I really do appreciate it. This isn't a regular thing though is it? Do you do these once
2: a night? Uh We do this usually once every six months right. so we have like a, sort of a winter session, a summer session. I'd right. just say the effort this guy has made has been unbelievable. <laughs> um, just to see him come down, see him train, to see him literally giving his heart and soul out on that track tonight he gave it everything oh well look the community is unbelievable down here i have to say the bulls
1: is so mighty and uh, really i i was amazed the last k was 424. you saw me pegging it down that last stretch i was convinced i'll make up whatever time i've lost here now but that's it it's deceptive isn't it with the gps on a track like that he says trying to make excuses for why you're on that time
2: <laughs> yeah it can be difficult and it's where it's, it's the mental aspect you're trying to count the laps you're Trying to work out am I on pace, am I in front, am I behind, and that can be very difficult and very distracting. Yeah, well, look, Andy, thank
1: you so much for the welcome you've given me in here. And uh, if people want to join up, is it still possible to join up St Alban's Striders? Uh,
2: absolutely, yep. Come along, uh, visit our website albanstriders.com, uh, and sign up from there. We'd love to see you. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to do the half marathon. Is that your
1: event uh, in the
2: summer? Or? Um, it's not our event, but we have a, a very strong contingent from Striders, and also we do like us a warm up session, so the, the weeks before we'll build up to it, we'll do some 10 mile runs and 12 mile runs. Well, count me we'll in up. Andy Normal. thank you so much for everything Absolute pleasure, you've been Appreciate fantastic, it. all the best job. Just a lovely
1: guy right, <laughs> so, so that quintessential real lovely English gent, but you know, before we leave this and we'll never talk about Breaking <laughs> 20 again, I promise Oh we will, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will, When people because people have been getting in touch now, wondering how how did you do it and can I have the plan? Uh, so I reply to everybody who does email podcast at gmail.com as to how it was achieved and the things I recommend you do. So but now I, you're coaching. People yeah, now there. I'm <laughs> basically telling people, go and buy this book. <laughs> and, uh, but certainly uh, I mentioned to him that I sprinted the last half lap and I, I, like I had got the lap Wow.
0: But did that include like the extra bit of sprinting beyond the 12 and a half lap finish line? Like anyone in the right mind would know you know, the finish line is the finish line. It doesn't matter what your watch is telling you. 12 and a half laps is 5,000 meters. <laughs> we could have solved this easy if I had spoke to Mikey. Because he could have been there. with. I know he'd be the perfect picture of the timer yeah you know, he'd be he'd be he'd with definitely would fit the bill <laughs> yeah. with the proper stopwatch and everything you know get just you at the start the line yeah stroll around to the finish yeah. line <laughs> But in, and we could have had all sorts of celebrations I, and things yeah. going on but we, we know now and uh you yeah know, for the next time you know But well,
1: instead what like what Sonia's referring to there again is something that we talked about on the run which is i was so focused on the feckin' watch that I ran all the laps and and 12 and a half laps. (laughs) I crossed the finish line. And because the watch hadn't said, you have completed five kilometers. (laughs) I kept fucking going. (laughs) I mean, they must have been looking at me at the time trials going, This fellas, this fellas cracked. I took off around the bend. And started down the back straight until it said... <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, everybody else is bent over yeah, on their end Yeah, they're all finished. And <laughs> you know. were still going for another yeah, lap. What's the story with this one? So, <laughs> like, they did not ring the bell with a lap to go.
1: Well, you see, this is the thing. It's The way it ran was there was groups that took off. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it would yeah. have been too difficult for them to keep laps and ring bells. Uh, so they might not have known. Yeah, but they so, did think this fella's lost his mind. <laughs> and I didn't know whether, to be proud of it or not, the fact that I had energy in the tank to keep going... But I definitely lost count of the laps. And this was when the alarm bells rang the next morning. Mikey was off school because he had a dental appointment that was pretty significant. So he's there doing his bit of homework. And I'm like, how is it saying that I ran that last lap in four, (laughs) the last kilometre in 4.25 when most of it was sprinted? And of course, if people want to know, there is a setting on Strava where it can correct your distance distance when the GPS goes squirrely. And sure enough, there we were, me and Mikey, jumping around the sitting room rather than the track. Uh, We had done it. Now the challenge, and people keep getting in touch going, what's the next challenge? Is it sub 40 for 10k? Well, for me, Cove and the 10 mile road race is the next challenge. To get back to enjoying running without this intensity. Because as you said to me, running a fast 5k is a very, like it's so... It's focused like there's no chill to it. You don't get to relax at all. It's hard for 20 minutes. No avoiding it.
0: It is. It's short and hard. And, and that's what I said to you when we when we started doing this was I said, well, you could, we could go intense here. I said, it's probably easier to run sub 20 than it is to run a marathon right now. Mm. The preparation required is, means you're going to have to run faster, but it's going to take less time to do that. Yeah. And you just have to really kind of focus in on that intensity. And, you know, we, we somehow managed to do that. Somehow. <laughs> Skinny teeth, you know. <laughs> Eight weeks and two days, maybe. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> An yeah. extra two days to do it. But it um, is it is three minutes
1: nearly off the original yeah, PB. which is so fantastic,
0: yeah. T- I mean, ridiculous. when you first started, you weren't much under 30 minutes for a 5K, I don't think. Yeah, you let's, know? let's be honest. When you were running around there on your 40th birthday. Yeah, yeah, true. Ashford, Ashford, Ashford Castle, Castle, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think the Cove 10 mile is, it's a good challenge. It's a tough distance. It's a tough enough course. There's a few hills, but if it's a nice day, it's really nice. Right. And so I think it's, you know, first of all, we'll, you know, go the distance. And to do that, then we'll focus a lot on the longer runs over the next few weeks. Um, We don't have a lot of time to get enough long runs in, really. Yeah. But if we can at least get three in. And then the fourth one will be the actual race. OK, um, then that will be a good springboard to onto whatever we're going to do next.
1: So what you're saying to start with is ideally four weeks isn't enough time to pre- prepare for this ten mile road race specifically, but we're going to do our best.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's enough time to prepare to be ready to run around comfortably and to enjoy, enjoy it. it yeah. And that's what I'm doing myself is yeah. like Trevor asked me yesterday, what? so what do you want to do? Are you going to give it a lash at the go of ten miles? <laughs> and I said, well, no, I just want to run around and enjoy it and
1: take in the scenery.
0: I don't want to be, you know, in bits coming in the last bit. And you just want to be able to smile and laugh and wave yeah. and just feel good running. Because well, the last time I was in Cove, we did um, a lap of the island. Actually, I did and I hadn't run very long in a long time and so i was really beaten up doing that and so it was just a challenge to do the distance i think it was maybe 13 miles or i can't remember now that we get up to 15 miles with it but it was somewhere between 13 and 15 miles to do Mm -hmm. the lap of the island so 10 miles is that a little bit easier it's not quite half a marathon um so yeah i think i just want to be able to do it and feel good doing it. And, well, it. and then I think if you can do that with me, then yeah, it'll be great. It will yeah. be. And
1: I think it's a nice place to start this Countdown to Cove series with us moving from a challenge which wasn't about having the crack and was about just reaching that benchmark that this is how do we get the most enjoyment out of this day, which is, as we've said, is a day that's about more than just running. It is about raising money for breakthrough cancer research. And I really do encourage people, even if you are thinking, listen to this, I'm not re- there yet. I'm not able to run a 10 mile road race. I would encourage you to come down, come down to Cove for the day, have the crack, say hello and uh, just have a day out down there. There are people that do that, like you get a good crowd down there. Specifically oh, yeah, for yeah it's, a,
0: it's a great. Like It's a very good finish. Area because it you know comes, you yeah. it's wide coming into the town and people can gather in front of the statue. Um, you know, there's a few statues in Cove, like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're finishing out one particular one, and yeah, it, it's a great atmosphere to have yeah. people in there. And, and I think we're doing a, <clears throat> a bit of a question and answer, or yeah, we're we doing a quiz, or what do we do? I don't got know, something we're
1: lined up in the evening on the uh.
0: The night before it is the the night night before.
1: Before, Yeah. So if people can get down the night before, we're doing a bit of a fundraiser. Myself and Sonia live event. It'll feature some stand up comedy, a little bit of trivia, maybe a bit of an interview with the two of us, maybe a bit of Q&A from the audience. It's going to be a wonderful evening. Details of that to follow. We might even put that in the event group on our Strava Running Club. If you haven't joined our Strava Running Club, you're missing out because it is the most supportive environment for anybody who is beginning their running journey or on their way to some other big event. So, what we do each week here on the podcast is we go around the parishes to see what you have been running uh, over the weekend. Okay, first shout out goes to Winona Grant. There's no doubt about it, this needed a shout out. Winona ran the Paris half marathon at a ridiculous pace four twenty three official time one thirty two forty nine massive shout out to winona it 's obviously an emotional experience for her especially considering the injuries that she 's been struggling with so big shout out to Winona who is your first shout out going to Sonia
0: okay I have one here for Neil Kennedy in South Africa and he was um, running around a nature reserve in South Africa, which we were wondering was there any wildlife in there, maybe? <laughs> how fast was he going? That's how you know <laughs> who he was. If uh, he's in who a full running sprint. away. From. Well, he looked like he was six kilometers in thirty minutes, so it was a nice, short, easy run for him there. I yeah,
1: think. yeah. So, so just a few elk or antelope are out there. Uh, shout out to him, James Carty is a man who modeled the Irishman running abroad singlet this weekend at the Mornington Chasers ten kilometer run. He picked up ninth place in his first ever ten k race. Fair play to him. He said he was delighted with the PDP, but he faded badly in the last kilometre, which is totally understandable considering he was running at a pace of 347. James was my one of my pacers there at the Lee Valley run. Uh, what what a talent this man is. Barely running a year, and this is what he's up to. The uh, I stick the photo up in the group. He looked fierce well in the singlet, Sonia. This is your first time seeing the singlet in person. I it presented is. it on you with a 3XL version.
0: <laughs>
1: she can wear it as a dress.
0: He thought, you must have been thinking when I come back from America, you know, that I was <laughs> the good food out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. getting me a bit worried. But the uh, the buff, the buff was very nice even though we were running in the sunshine out there today. Yeah, they I are. I put lovely. it on and uh, yeah, I can see that getting a lot of runs. 100%.
1: The park. One of my favorite
0: one of my favorite accessories is the the buff. Um, I have Neil McLaughlin here, he did 12 kilometres, an east run but I imagine that's an easy run, um, with renewed motivation. Um, so hopefully <coughs> this shout out will give him a bit of a boost because he said he felt crap and his glutes need a bit of work so as long as it's not any hip flexors because uh, there's no such thing is there according to Roy Keane yeah yeah
1: oh lord Roy put on Roy needs a shout out what a performance the other night on the football it has to be said I mean
0: Roy is outrageous we we need to get him on the podcast here and he like set a few people straight yeah no excuses I mean
1: no excuses is right like we um We're in your house here, Sonia, in London, and I said when I came in the door, the last time I was here was obviously to interview Sinead Diver, and at the time there was athletes hanging from the rafters, there was people coming in and out the door. Uh, You said that there's been Kenyans in and out of here over the years, Uh, like... Can you give us an idea of the athletes that have been in and out of here? Because I understand your biggest regret is not having a guest book.
0: Well, a guest book or some kind of a marker. I know at one point there was a wall upstairs in the room, the small room we had. And um, Jared Hartman used to come and treat all the athletes here. And they referred to had a big piece of cardboard on the door and it said "Dactari." which was doctor in Kenya. And, um, and then he had a pen inside and he used to get people to write their name on the wall. Right. And he used to do all kinds of things in there. Like he'd have people's heights on the wall and then he'd like a line and, you know, like you do with kids as they're growing up. And then we had, um, you'd write your name and the time that you took to run around Bushy Park. That was always a big thing. Who had the record run around Bushy Park? Do you remember and who had it? I think Moses Kip had it for a while and yeah. um, Moses is a great steeplechaser. And I think he was one of the first athletes to run under eight minutes for the steeplechase, under 13 minutes for the 5K at, boat, at the same time. And like there was a whole slew of Kenyan runners back then who used to pass through the doors here, uh, William Tanui, David Kibet. Daniel Cohen yeah. like great names down through the years Paul Talk. I I have like these little booklets that we used to produce and I must get them because that will give me a bit of a reminder of everybody who used to stay in this house and Matt and and that And f- so this was kind of a meeting place for everybody and you'd often be you know people would be driving past out there and you could have any number of, you know, the world's best athletes sitting on the on little the wall. wall out the front <laughs> having a cup of tea and a chat. In the summertime, like they would not at this time of the year. <laughs> it's yeah, a bit chilly out there. It's pretty chilly now. out there now. As nice as it looks outside. But the yeah, the record laps at a park. Moses used to go in there and when we would run in Zurich, they would prov- they would give you an Omega watch, which, you Very know, is nice. a regular what do you call that? A, is, what do you call a watch? Oh, it's just a, a clockwork. Like one, like a clock. Is it chron, do you call it chronograph or I, uh, anal, not digital anyway? Yeah, the opposite like, of digital. Yeah, yeah, whatever is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, one with the hands. And I remember he'd go in there and he'd come back and tell you what time. And he'd have one of these watches on and Frank O'Mara. <laughs> How do you mean? He goes, oh well, I just looked at the where the hand was and then I would look at it and run around the. Back. <laughs> But there was times it was funny. Uh, there was stories they would come back and tell us that, you know, he would have had William Tanui or David Kibet go out there and pace him for half the lap. So they took this serious about getting running the best time, yeah, a fast lap of the park. And Jessica Hull is staying here at the moment. And I'm from Australia and she's getting ready to run at the world indoors next week. And so I was on the bike with her the other night going around the park. And so when you ride the bike and you're with other athletes who have not been here before, you've always got great stories and different things to tell them about, you know, mm. what happened down through the years. And so the park was typically it was marked because we didn't have GPS back then. So there was no, you know, fine detail to the yeah. running. But we would go out on a bike with a little computer on there, you know, that somehow you could, the old fashioned ones yeah, that yeah. were based on the size of the wheel and one thing or another. And Our markers for... The the park was typically known to be seven miles around. It was around... We used to make it seven miles. Roughly, yeah. And um, But you'd have the mile markers would be like the tree up there (laughs) and the end of the fence. And there was all these kind of like things in the park that you just remembered as the spots, which were the different mile markers. So you'd get an idea when you were running around the park. And um, I remember one time, I think it was actually 19... 97, so it was 25 years ago and I was running at the World Cross Country in um, Turin in Italy and the Irish team finished third. We got a bronze medal and I was, I think I was seventh or ninth. I can't remember which. I'll have to look it up. (laughs) But Katrina, I think maybe I was ninth because maybe Katrina was seventh. And um, I wasn't very happy with my run. And then I came back to Teddington and there was a fellow here I used to run with called Wayne Oxborough. Okay. And he used to come up the track and, you know, I'd always be great pacemaker and stuff. And Liz McColgan had the record at the time, 3630. It was written on the wall upstairs here. <laughs> And I called Wayne up and I said, come on, let's go for the record. So I knew I was fit. And yeah. I just hadn't run as well as I wanted to in the world cross country. So we went and we legged it around the park in like 3606 or something like that. <laughs> Delighted <laughs> with yourself. That was my, you know, world record for Lapa Bushy Park. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was telling Jess the other night, like those times are, you know, they're kind of, it's a bit like the shoes now. Yeah. Um, you you can't really set those records now because the, some of the paths have been fixed up. Of They're course. much smoother in the park. We used to go in the gate and where we ran this morning and went on the wide gravel path, we would actually go on the single track trail alongside mm. the wall because it was, you know, the time was for a lap of the edge of the park, because that was the only way you could make it seven miles. Seven miles, Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, I asked you on the run, uh, you know, what is the item from modern athletics that you wish you had then expecting you to say the watch, because we talked about the watch so much in terms of, uh, you know, as you say, getting distances and stuff and knowing your paces as you go through these sessions. But then you give the obvious answer, which was the shoes. I mean, do you think the shoes, first of all, would have affected the longevity of your career? Or would it more have affected just the heights that you rose to in terms of the times you ran?
0: Yeah, I think a bit of everything. I think, you know, the shoes definitely are a positive effect on everybody's performance, everybody's like less injuries um, and, and the longevity of being able to keep running for more time. Mm, train and harder. Even now, I know if I put on the shoes, it gives you a, a bit of new lease of life. You know, you feel energized. You're bouncing around the place. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going faster than my, you know, normal day-to-day running and you feel good doing it. Mm. And I couldn't do that in regular shoes now. So, you know, if I'm doing that now in just kind of fun running style, then I can imagine if you were out there running super fast times, it would be a huge difference. Yeah.
1: Well, it does lead us into the first do and don't of the long run. And that is what to wear, right? That people are, I've seen people out for their long Sunday run with their vaporflies on. And even Tina's turned to me and gone, did your man have the, the shoes that you <laughs> wasted all that money on <laughs> uh, for his long run? Like he's not going any great speed. Like the dude that we saw the other day, we saw a few of them just clipping along clearly at a conversational pace, but in his super shoes. Would you regard that as a a don't of your long run?
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you're getting ready for a marathon and you're, you know, practicing going at a faster pace, it's probably not necessary, but you'd have to ask people, why are they wearing them for the Mm. long run? They obviously have some reason. And I think most people would probably say because they feel more comfortable. Yeah, And they can probably feel like they're moving better. And the thing is, I think when you use these carbon fiber shoes, the way your running form is, it changes it. So mm. the way you're moving your feet changes and it's a smoother, faster rhythm and something that you can't always do in regular shoes. They don't seem to yeah. propel you along as fast. So maybe people are doing that because they make them feel better. But they're definitely wearing out the shoes a lot more.
1: So it's technically um, not even a do or a don't.
0: It's, yeah, it's I think down it's, to you. It's down to you. And I suppose if you don't mind wearing out the shoes and you've got plenty of money to go <laughs> and buy some more. Because
1: that is the thing. <laughs> having had them now and having seen the benefit of them. I've even had listeners get in touch saying, I want to break 20, but I don't want to do it in super shoes. Because I think that that's an unfair advantage. And I get where that that's coming from. But like they do wear out. Like I can see wear on them even in the short time that I've had them in the couple of 5Ks that I've done in them, that they're not designed for the long slog. Uh, the long run to you, before we go to our break, uh, in the second half of this show, we will obviously get right into the weeds here on how to fuel for your long run, how to, you know, recover from it, and how to get the most out of it. But before we get into that just tell me what, uh, what it first springs to your mind when I came to you with this as an idea for the episode, as the, the most crucial run of the week, essentially.
0: It is one of the most crucial runs of the week. And it's one of the runs that it can be it can be the most enjoyable run of the week as well, because you just feel like you get so much out of it. And I think when you realize how much you get out of the long run, then you understand how important it is and then you won't miss it. And I think that's the key is that you don't miss your long run and you have them back to back over the weeks and you, then you, it takes about four weeks to get a true benefit from you know week in week out long runs. And you're not going out there looking to run them faster, but you're going out to feel better doing it. So you're, you, you might be going faster, but you're not trying to go faster. You're just okay. becoming that bit more efficient in your running.
1: So a final question before we go to our break is when people say long run, that's a different thing to everybody, right? Is there a general rule of thumb? And we're talking to the beginners right up as to what constitutes a long run? How long should your long run be? And is there such a thing as too long of a long run?
0: Well, a long run is I suppose it's all relative to what you're doing already. But I would think it would be at least an hour. Okay. And then once you're up to an hour, then you can gradually start to add on, you know, extra few minutes every week. I know when I used to run a lot in in college in America, so when I was quite young and not really knowing a lot about doing long runs and things like that, there was always talk about, oh, once you run more than an hour, then your carbohydrate stores are gone and that's when you start burning fat. That (laughs) was That was the chat. I don't know, is that, a, you know, just an old wives saying or what? But it was like, you know, you, your energy system totally changed once you were more than an hour. And now I'm sure that's that nonsense. I'm sure that's not very scientific. <laughs> and it's probably a, a general rule of thumb that you do burn the carbohydrates quicker. But I think by doing the long run, then your body becomes more efficient at burning fat. But in order for it to do that, then you have to be going at a relatively slow pace. So not too fast Hmm. and you just get your body better at running and being out there for longer and burning the energy at the right rate that you don't run out of energy and also making your legs stronger, your muscles and your tendons and everything else. They just all by being out there for the longer time. It just makes you stronger and more able to tolerate the kind of pounding that comes with being out there. So when you run shorter, faster, then it feels a lot easier.
1: Hmm. Well, I have so many questions on this and we've also received a lot of questions from you guys, like in terms of that pace that you mentioned there, that that's something that people worry about. People also asking questions about whether one long run a week is ideal or whether you can actually stick another one in there Fuel is obviously a big question. We want to talk about whether it is acceptable to take a walk break, which is something that sometimes your body is just screaming for. I'm not going to say that happened today, but it may, it may have <laughs> happened. We'll talk a little bit about this run that I did with Sonia today in Bushy Park, just as a guide for what's going to come next. And the only way for you to hear the full chat and full chat every single week, including illustrated episode notes, is of course on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad this show and using that funding we can do great things for you release more episodes and keep everything weekly so head to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad and join me and sonia for the second half of this chat
0: one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise